Hey, it's Pretty Little Grown Man. Hey, hey. Hi. Hi, Dave. Hello. <laughs> it's it's me, David. It's me, Dom. Uh, We're your Pretty Little Grown Men. We, we are. We this was uh, we just watched episode... Season, season 17, season, episode 53. Season 6, episode 14, uh, or 6B episode, I don't know, 4? Four? 4, yeah. Uh, it was awesome. I thought it was really great. Yeah. And what was what was especially great to me about it was that it wasn't one of these big climax episodes with like a big, exciting like plot reveal or anything. No, it was it, pretty much just like a middle episode. Yeah, it was just like a standard you know, run-of-the-mill episode <laughs> that was really, like, flawlessly executed to yeah. me. Yeah, I uh, I was uh, very much engaged throughout. Um, you know, I, th- I think that it's still... It's hard to think about the, the 6B premiere and the way that it ended and Charlotte dying uh, because, um, you know, the her murder is what is carrying the plot forward and the alternate universe six, uh, season six B where Charlotte isn't killed. It makes you you know curious as to what the big mystery would be because as much as I think that we'd like to see a pretty little liars that is, um, just simply the girls being human beings that I don't know if that would be pretty little liars. Anymore. Do, do you want to hear my new theory? Yes. Charlotte's not dead. Okay. Charlotte's, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, in the PLL verse, mm-hmm. which is not real life, even though as revealed in this episode, they have Snapchat now mm-hmm. in the PLL verse, which is, I think, kind of an interesting break with uh, the pre time jump, you know, of like not saying words like Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Periscope, all of which were like name, all these brands which were name dropped in this episode. I don't know if I agree with Emily that uh, Snapchat is the new Twitter and that Periscope is the new Snapchat. I also disagree, but that's why this is the PLL verse and not reality. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but you know, we've seen in this show before the show flagrantly shows us Mona just lying there in the back of the car, you know, allegedly mm-hmm. dead. I think. Charlotte, this evil mastermind, going to this church at four in the morning to meet with somebody, obviously, right? I mean, uh, I think, how how is this not Charlotte and uh, and her, her previous co-conspirator, what's her name? Sarah Harvey. Sarah Harvey, working together again to terrorize the liars. Well, but well, why, though? I mean, that, like... Because she's crazy! Remember the good old days when we used to talk about motivation? Yes, that's true. It's true. <laughs> We're that's back worth, to that now. That's again. worth considering. Because, you know, even though Arya said what she said at the hearing, Charlotte was still released from from the institution so right it wouldn't be worth punishing aria over right and 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 basically instead of instead of like getting in the way of everything that was happening to charlotte they just kind of moved on with their lives and left town and allowed Allie to reestablish her relationship with her sister so it it doesn't really so it's just sort of like why you know if she is alive why would why would she fake her own death unless right. she feels like she can't live a normal life you know 
if if Charlotte faked her own death, that would be a total parallel to the beginning of the show of Allie. Yeah, faking her. Yes, own death. yes. That's another. I mean, that's pretty compelling. Yeah, uh, can pretty pretty compelling reason for that to the be Force true. The Force Awakens. Well, so now that I've put that out there. Okay. Uh, that I think Charlotte is too good a character for them to kill off. Uh, let's let's dig into this episode a little bit. I want to mention that uh, uh, my friend Kyle from college, from UCLA, uh, who's written some PLL in the past, uh, co-wrote this episode. Uh, kudos to you, sir. I, I think it was uh, really sharp writing, and mm-hmm. it's one of the things we've talked about with this season is how the characters are just total real talk, no bullshit, you know, we're not in high school anymore. And it's very, that was very dramatic in this episode where these characters are working through problems in real time. They're not sort of dithering about the morality of things. It's pretty clear. What's the right choice. What's the way forward. What are the pros and cons and things are, it's, it's cool to see them moving through situations so quickly. Like in this episode, Hannah tells her fiance, the truth about erasing the tape. She tells her mom the truth, you know, something that would have been drawn out in a previous season is now like, all right, it's over. Let's, let's move on and deal with the next problem. And, you know, uh, even in a situation where like Spencer attempts to, um, hide some of the truth from Caleb, he very clearly finds out what's going on. Yeah, He figures it out. Immediately. Uh, when Emily tries, you know, ge- has a genuine connection with uh, the woman at the at Ezra's book hole. I can't remember what her name is. <laughs> she's now she's now running the book hole. The brew or whatever it's <laughs> called now. I don't know if it still has a name. Yeah. <laughs> Ezra lives on top of his book hole. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what her name is. But she had uh, Emily had a had a, a genuine connection with this woman yes. and and she eventually discovered that Emily, you know, had um ulterior motives for starting that conversation regardless of what the of how it all panned out in the end. Um the only person who is sort of continuing with old habits uh which, you know, you know, we we have a tendency to look too hard into things, but there is a conversation between Spencer and Toby about old habits dying hard. The one thing that the one person who is pretty much not changed and doing the exact same thing that she always would do is Arya, yes. who is just making one dumb uh, move after another. Right. Panicking. Just yeah. freaking out. One, one another thing I liked about this was when Hannah is on the phone with uh, with Emily trying to figure out how much should I tell my boyfriend? Should I tell him about this text from our, from the new A? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like... My brain is telling me yes, but my PTSD is telling me no. And I thought that was a really cool thing for them to just like lay on the table and make it clear that like they know what's going on. They, they understand they've like grappled with what happened to them, you know, and now they're really facing it as adults. And you saw it again with um, a Spencer scene where, she and Caleb, or should I say Spaleb, track this text signal, which I don't know how one would go about doing that. Triangulation but... and such. And, of course, they end up at this, like, True Detective Season 1 uh, little <laughs> hangar situation. Open storage unit. Yeah, storage unit. And open it up, and it's a, a trash can evoking the, the body we thought, or the um, the barrel we thought Mona's body was in. Yeah. 
uh, and it's full of uh, old A hoodies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it was basically just like, I, I'm, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Well, it's a, to- so it's a total setup with a BlackBerry, right? Mm. Uh, which is old school. Uh, <laughs> and the BlackBerry buzzes, and Spencer looks at Caleb and says, It's happening again. Hashtag mm. Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, um it's it's starting to feel a little bit familiar um maybe some of the paces which is which i think is is kind of the point um uh but it's going back to like the early pll where it wasn't sort of like the climax the ratcheted up climax level of like season 5 and 6 where they were getting into these bond villain traps every couple of minutes right. you know it's right. like it's scaled it back down to that season season one level of like holy shit like what's happening who's the villain what's even going on although uh there was a little bit of maybe not bond mixed with like mission impossible at the end with the whole like uh old man mask yes which it was very that i mean you could be it seemed like it was sort of a sarah harvey who was wearing the mask, uh, the Could gloves. Be. Um, but I mean, that, <laughs> that mask was, was ridiculous. Well, so that was <laughs> hiding in plain sight. I guess the new, the new sort of thread, the new main thread that's put out for us as like our, you know, the obvious thing to sort of follow, uh, is that something happens with Arya's dad mm-hmm. and he's going into Radley all mysterious, like, and we hear a machine, a message on Ezra's machine during Arya's supremely ill-advised break into his apartment. Yeah. And so we know now that Ezra saw Arya's dad on the night of the murder, presumably we, we can glean that information. Um, but so now he's sort of the new mysterious figure, but they introduced this crazy guy in a mask who you sort of knew from minute one was like a person wearing like, <laughs> yeah. it's like one of these old school. 80s well, when like when he was masks. standing outside of, uh, of um, Lucas, was that Lucas? She's, he's standing outside of Arya's house. house. Oh yeah. Just yeah. staring in the window, yeah. looking at Emily. Yeah. And it's, it looks like the postman. Uh, but it's pretty clear that it's not a postman. It's a person in a mask. It is an evil person in like this, you know, in this horrible eighties mask. It's like weird, yeah, Mike Myers mask. Um, yeah, uh, I. Th- so, I think that you know, based on our knowledge of the show, uh, whatever whatever nefarious doings we suspect Byron and Ezra to be up to, um. There, I, I don't think that I don't think that they killed Charlotte. It's too. I mean, it's too. Right. Put on it's, the, it's put too on the ladder, ready for your well, pickings. I, I guess the the main clue is that Arya finally breaks into her dad's car, and his nine iron is missing. And A or whoever we're going to call this person uh, has sent out an image to the liars saying, "Hey, here's the murder weapon. It's just this is chilling here with me. Yeah. I have it for some reason." Yeah. Uh, let me know whose it is, mm-hmm. which is like the silliest manipulation ever. Yeah. If I was one of the liars in this situation, I would have just texted back and been like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. It's not my job. Are you, are you kidding me? I don't know who did that. Um, so that I, I feel like the liars are sort of being, letting themselves get dragged around in a really silly way, even though they do sort of have their, have like, 
you know, not blood on their hands, but they do sort of have some stuff going on that kind of makes them vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean... And that's falling into old habits, too. Well, I think that the, the, the one thing that, you know, that the... The one thing that the show never had the liars do was get a leg up on a because didn't it always turn out that basically like whenever they thought that they had a leg up on a it never really turned out that way right they were just getting even more manipulated there was there's a couple situations toward the end when a was kind of on the ropes and there was that one night where they almost capture a yeah i just i feel like you know it's this is this is pretty classic pretty little liars but more so than anything, it's like they're rusty, and so they're kind of just like being so manipulated by A that they're basically doing everything that they're supposed to be doing. Well, and they're trying to, I mean, you see them kind of grappling with it of like, should we follow these directions or should we just put everything on the table and, and try to neutralize this as quickly as yeah. we can? Like, how much is out there? And one thing that I thought the show was going to do was we find out there's backup footage uh, of Aria at Radley mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. And it's been stolen or it's gone missing. So Hannah's off the hook. And immediately I was like, oh, obviously A did that. So A could leak it later. And then we find out that Hannah's mom did it, which is another like that could have been revealed in three episodes. Right. So it's like the show is really just knocking, knocking down pins. It's really exciting. We have no real precedent anymore as to who this could be. I mean, you know, the. It's like Game of Thrones. the The show has far surpassed the books, right? You know, back when we figured out that it was Charlotte, um, we there is there are some clues in the books and the ways that the show used ideas from the books to sort of discern that. Um, because if you remember, uh, if you're a steady, pretty little grown men listener, we kind of figured out. Who did it? Yeah, we were we were like we were, we were we had, reasonably close. Yeah, we were reasonably close. We we had definitely narrowed it down. Um, something that occurs to me is that that's the, that's, those are, those are two things that we we can call on this podcast. One is that we kind of knew who A was, and two, we invented Spalib. Totally, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Hashtag Spalib. Uh, so Spalib, <laughs> that's the other interesting. They totally fucked. They totally did it. That's true. That happened. What What was cool about this episode is it was really brisk in its plot, but also brisk in its character development. Like, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It was just the right amount of characters because Ezra was out of town. Allie's not in this episode. Mona's not in it. Lucas isn't in it. So, like, the show kind of has figured out, I think the correct amount of supporting cast and the correct, it was just like a perfectly balanced episode of like, you see all these interesting things happen. There's just enough characters like Jordan comes back, you know, to have a little boyfriend stuff. Toby's in it. Um, So I hope every episode is this balanced because it felt really good. It never felt like too much was going on. It never felt like we were missing someone. No, it's, you know, and I think that, the name of the episode is New Guys, New Lies. And I think as as uh, not so great as that title is, it's very indicative of the fact that in many ways, um, these are like very mature relationships that aren't full of all of the sort of, uh, I don't know, 
uh, childish things that, the, that the swapped. Teen angst. Yeah, the, teen the angst. yeah, the the basic the basic stuff that any teenager deals with in any relationship, because you know you expect Pretty Little Liars as a TV show wants you to think that Jordan is too good to be true, and he very well might be, but he's like he's he's. He says all the things that you want a human being in a mature relationship to say, which is that, yeah, this one lie that you told, that's not going to make me not want to be with you. Like, like that's ridiculous. Right. You did it for a good reason. You're telling me now. I forgive you. It's cool. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not this hyper dramatic situation where he's going to leave her forever. Right. And which I think is a good thing for the show to portray. Like, yeah. you can make mistakes. And I think that the way that, that the show is dealing with uh, Toby and, and Spencer is very realistic because I don't have any doubt that Spencer wants to be with Caleb and that Toby wants to be with Yvonne, but uh, there's still like those lingering feelings. And the fact that Hannah is like, and and she says this, which is, it's so nice to just hear these characters just say the things that you always wanted them to say, which is she has a shitty reaction to the fact that she knows that Spencer and Caleb fucked and that she's like, I'm sorry, that was a knee-jerk reaction. It's it's totally cool. It's fine. Like, yeah. I just had like a, it's like, that just came out of nowhere. I'm sorry. I realized there was a stupid thing to say. I'm happy with Jordan. I'm glad you're happy with Caleb. Let's just move on. Yeah, it is It is like deeply satisfying watching these characters be grown-ups. <laughs> it, is, it is so satisfying. And I think, I, you know, that that has to be in part because we're grown-ups. And show this, so the show is kind of operating more at our level. And this is how I felt about Gossip Girl, too. Like, to me, it got really good when they got to college. Yeah. When they were in high school, all the scenarios seemed really just extra silly and unrealistic to me. But when they're in college, you know, all the drinking and partying and the craziness, like it starts to feel a little bit more, I don't want to say appropriate, but it starts to feel a little bit more, I guess, just realistic. Yeah. And I was able to, I just felt like it was a lot more interesting versus them being trapped in this sort of like weird high school bubble, you know, where everything just seems super unrealistic for them to be going on and doing. And I think, you know, pretty little liars, Without them having that uh, over their heads, it just feels a lot better to me. So, I mean, I don't know if this is a question that we can answer ourselves, but... Yes, let's do it. Let's crack it open. It's, it's, a, it's a good it's a, it's a brain teaser for us, but... And I don't, I don't know what our core demographic is of people who listen to us, but I would like someone to... If you are... If you are 18 or younger and you listen to this podcast, I would like you to tell us if the fact that they are now all in their like mid 20s if if you feel like you can't relate to them to the liars as much as when they were in high school. Yeah, that's a excuse me. That's a great question. Uh let us know on Twitter at PLGM podcast. Yeah. Um because because I th- I think that you know like it's true like I can relate to them because they're making because they're just more mature, they've had five years of of growing up to do and five years worth of relationships and heartache and all that kind of stuff that makes you into a functional adult human being, um, but you know I but we're we're thirty something peoples and you know we oh are, god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 30, 30 plus something. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking about, which I think would be a good, is it going to be a, a good frame to think about this season of the show? Mm. 
So the show started as like this kind of never ending slasher movie, right? Yeah. And it tried on some other ideas and it kind of got away from that as it went further on. Well, until the like uh super melodramatic and like slasher movie ending. Yeah. But I think what we're seeing now is the sequel to the slasher movie because they finally wrapped it up after six seasons, five and yeah. a half seasons. And now we're seeing, I know what you did last summer or I still know what you did last summer where it's all the same. It's going through the same cycle. It's the same events basically that happened in the first movie, but the characters are older and wiser. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's what it really feels like to me because we are seeing so much uh, mirroring and repetition and, a saying, well, the A text in the uh, in the storage locker is, I'm not hiding in the shadows anymore. Now I'm in, I'm hiding in plain sight or whatever. Which, okay, so you're wearing a mask instead of a hood. Yeah. I mean, that seems sort of disingenuous, right? From A, but nevertheless, you still have someone basically with a secret identity, yeah. following them at all times. You know, it's it's the same thing we saw. In, in the show's first run. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and they all are kind of, I mean, it's, it's, I, I like this idea that, uh, the show is, is kind of, you know, we've joked about this before, but I like the idea that the show is, it's, you know, it, we use star Wars as a, as a comparison because the force awakens is mirrors a new hope and I think that a lot of uh, George Lucas, at least, would like you to think that um, the Phantom Menace mirrors A New Hope in the same way. He call he used to call it that they that they rhyme with each other, um, and I think that, that that's important. St- cyclical storytelling is important because it provides human it prov- it provides the the audience with resolution, uh, with closure, with um, Things that make the brain feel good when it's being told a story, and to have Pretty Little Liars, uh, sort of have like a have a new cycle of storytelling that's kind of like mirroring the old cycle. It feels good and it feels right. Like the the brain likes closure. Well, and, I and I would argue the circle to be to be closed, and that's what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I would I would argue that you know in the in the horror genre. That repetition, especially in like a sequel where like I know what you lived last I know what you did last summer or Scream or you know, mm-hmm. these sort of nineties movies that we grew up on, I think the repetition is actually a key element of it. Because people go to horror movies knowing that people are gonna get killed, that these certain tropes are going to happen every single time, and what becomes interesting about them is not seeing this thing you know happen, but what are the twists? What are the wrinkles on it? Like what is the um the movie's like weird personal quirk or they're like, you know, what's the freshness of it within that very rigid expected structure. Right, exactly. Right. And I think that's what we're we're seeing with the season is that you have this adult mature cast dealing with all these new personal life problems mm-hmm. and new relationships and so on, but yet they're facing this this like very repet- repetitious saga of events. Yeah, and again to return to that conversation that Toby and Spencer have which I think is very subtextual. Is, is And it shows you, that was like a perfect conversation because it shows you like, it says so much about what their relationship was like and why they broke up mm-hmm. without having a flashback, without doing anything cheesy. It was just 
a good scene. It's just good writing. It's really strange that you know I and I you, you I never realized this, but to have it uh, sort of explained a, a bit more is that it's true. You know, remember all those times that Toby just wasn't around and it just seemed like it seemed like bad writing because it was just sort of like we have nothing for Toby to do, so let's just have him like go do a carpenter job two towns over for like three weeks. Uh, but to, to explain that by using it as a character, as a, a negative character trait of Toby's, which is that he was running away the whole time. Right. Which I think is a really sort of ingenious way of doing that. Yeah. Um, so I really, I really appreciate that. Toby was a really, he's, he's such a, um, I like him in this new season because he feels very, uh, vulnerable maybe in ways that he hasn't yeah before i mean he hasn't left town yeah he didn't go to college he got passed over for this promotion you know he's kind of stayed in the same place and lost his girlfriend and i thought you know i wasn't thinking about this during the episode but now it occurs to me that obviously he found like another version of spencer to go date yeah you know this girl uh who's the daughter of a political literally that's they're both daughters of these political candidates she's double major from some fancy school you know way out of toby's league right (laughs) and that's what he goes for he goes for someone who is is just like spencer yeah i mean i don't know if she's out of toby's league i mean the dude can build a fucking house that's true they have different (laughs) they have different strengths and they like watching a lot of retro tv on tv land or whatever which him him saying (laughs) him saying uh, I'm Green Acres, and she's Park Avenue. Was, and also in the delivery was possibly the nerdiest thing. That's it was very funny. That line was just as nerdy as uh, as Caleb's shirt in this episode. <laughs> what is what happens in? Oh yeah, Caleb's wearing a really weirdo shirt. Caleb, in this episode. I'm just, uh, yeah, Caleb. There's some Caleb, weird men's fashion Caleb going on. Looks like looks looks like someone who lives in Palm Springs. That's the shirt that everyone in Palm Springs wears. My dad lives in Palm Springs with his partner, and they both wear the exact same T-shirt all the time. <clears throat> Caleb's wearing the shirt of a fifty-year-old uh, aging gay man. That's the, that's the T-shirt. That's the shirt well, that's, that he's wearing. That's you know that's the new style in <laughs> 2016 in the PLL verse. Uh, <laughs> um, which. Sp- you think Spencer would have been like, no, Caleb, you're not leaving the house with that shirt. Right, right. She's very well dressed. It's true. It's true. She's like, she's not like, what are you doing? But you know, it's as she says, it's I want it's new. I want it to stay new and stay easy. She also left the house before he got dressed. So I bet you when she saw him later that day, she's like, oh man, I really I should have been around. Really screwed up. Really screwed up on this one. I should not have gotten myself into this. But that that okay. So, what do you think about that relationship? I mean, I I not. I mean, I know we both feel I love good it. about this relationship, but yes, it's yes. moving so fast. They're basically living with each other. Well, so that's it's interesting that that gets well. Okay, so we here's two characters who have a ton of history, and it was hinted in the past, but it becomes really uh clear in this episode when mm-hmm. Caleb's talking to Toby and he says, you know, I connected with someone a few years ago, but timing wasn't right. It felt really complicated. You know, when we were in Madrid drinking together and not hooking up or hooking yeah. up or whatever. Uh dry humping on the beach. Sure. Well, you know, whatever it is they it's implied <laughs> that they did. But you know, so that that see that uh time period is given more uh importance in this yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. 
it's not just hinted at. Well, and, it makes you wonder when when did Spencer and Toby break up? Right. That's you a know? good question. That's a good question. Um, but I think, you know, you have two characters who went through high school together in this very, you know, going through the same PTSD, uh, you know, bonded in this very intense way. And so any the, the, this relationship that they're starting, it's not starting from zero, of course. You know, you're starting halfway in already or you're starting with like a, fair, a lot of baggage and it's not going yeah. to be just fun and new because it can't right. be. Right, right. Yeah, I know that's and that's kind of like it's you rarely see Spencer act naively and she did when she said like I just wanted, you know, deleted what text which I don't I mean maybe that's some pretty little liars uh fake technology in her You can really delete you can delete your text? Indi- no individual text? Like yeah. one text? Yeah, dude, I'll show you. Really? I thought you, I thought you just have to delete like the whole the whole train of text. No, you can delete one single text. Oh my god. We have the technology in iMessage. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Anyway, um the it's for her to act like she can f- keep things simple is a very naive way of acting. I yeah, I don't know if it's naive. I I think it's more just wanting it to be like that and hoping it will be and you know, not not necessarily like I don't think she thinks it will be, but just, you know, Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's just that's her that's her desire more so than her being foolish about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's nice. It's refreshing to see Spencer sort of let down her guard a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's always so just on top of everything and 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 you know in the in her defense mechanism her defense mechanism is to sort of make a sa- sarcastic joke, which she does and then she apologizes for it with 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 Caleb. Um the the liar, I I still can't get over how desperate and weird Arya is, is acting. She is super panicky in this episode for sure. I mean, and she does say like, uh, you know, I'm like this. This is me at a two. You should see me at a three. And it's like, gee, holy shit, Arya! Like, it seems like you haven't learned anything from all the stuff that's happening, or. You're just you haven't really changed in the same ways. You haven't been able, like she, like she can't. She, uh, uh, her her beau Liam doesn't know what happened. Like she's she's the only liar who hasn't really like allowed anyone else in her life to, in the same way. Right. Maybe, yeah. Know? She. It seems like she's definitely kept the most secrets, especially now that Emily has unloaded to her mom and so on about her like. You know, really, her school and everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess, I guess, you know, each of them sort of came into this season. At first, it seemed like just Emily and Arya were the ones with secrets, but I think each of them came into the season with some amount of baggage. Mm-hmm. And for Spencer and Hannah, it was their relationships, yeah. the ending of these relationships, which clearly didn't happen in ways that you could that allowed them to let go completely. Right. Right. Um. Which makes me wonder, like, why? If, I mean, really, if there's any, if there's any other time to think that, uh, or any good time to think that Arya is a, now would be that time. Mm. And Lucy Hales is has said that she's not coming back next season. Oh, really? In season seven? I, I don't think she's coming back. I think oh, this okay. Is her last season. So maybe. I don't think Arya is a, but that no. it would be interesting if she was, in fact, the person who. Uh, who killed 
Charlotte. Yeah, which is so strange because it just wouldn't make it just doesn't make sense. We also have Mystery Lucas who pieced out this episode and left his car and his apartment to Hannah. Uh, I think so he can surveil them yeah. for Mona and or Charlotte. And as we mentioned during the episode, there is another character, another prominent character who has motivations to do what he is doing, and that is Jason. Yes. We have not seen Jason. We have not seen him at all. He's a huge he is a huge question mark. Um we still don't know who killed Mrs. De Laurentis. Yep, that's a that's a big deal too, which hasn't been discussed at all. Yeah, man. Well, you know, our our uh, our Jason theory could still hold water in this universe. <laughs> that, that Jason and um, and Melissa hooked up. Yeah, and that yeah, and then they could have they could have had a baby, or might have Melissa might have gotten pregnant. Yeah, I think I you know I I think we still need to see a lot from the old NAT club. Yeah, I hope the show goes down that road a little bit. I feel like they probably won't, but it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see more from Mona. I'd like to see more from Allie. I think um, Allie is a really fascinating character right now, especially if she's super superstitious or, or you know questioning of her um, or her friends. And if that goes into a dark place, I think that will be fun to watch. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what funny post post postal worker masks that, you know, our, our new a, uh, puts on in future episodes. Well, see what I don't understand is, you know, if the wires are being kept in town basically so that they can sort of clear their names and, and answer whatever questions the cops have, like, why did, why did Allie just get to leave? Like she's, she's just as much involved in this whole situation as, as they are. Right. You know? Um, and nobody was with her in the house. She doesn't have an alibi. She has no alibi. Yeah. But yeah That's exactly. a good point. She has zero alibi. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and she's the first one that's willing to just, like, throw her friends under the bus as far as um, implicating them in the murder. Could be. Yeah. And then she just gets to just leave town and go to some dairy farm or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the one little scene that we didn't talk about was... Uh, Arya's dad is in a car with someone, a mystery person who we don't see, saying, I think that Arya knows. And then we have an Arya flashback where her mom and her dad are arguing about Charlotte, who the mom went to go see to find out what her motivation was. And her dad's like freaking out, being very defensive, like that girl's never going to walk free over my dead body or whatever, which is like it's presented as this menacing thing, but. I think he's just being a defensive dad. I don't think that scene implies any guilt or any, right. like, I don't think it casts him well, in, a, it's, in a particular it's, it's, it's place. It's the red herring the show throws in your face all the time. So it's just like... It just seems like something you would say as a dad whose daughter was kidnapped by a crazy person. Right. That's why it's like, I, I don't think that he has anything to do with it. I don't think Ezra has anything to do with it. It's it's something, It's and I don't think Sarah Harvey has... Well, Sarah Harvey might might have something to do with it, but I don't think that Sarah Harvey murdered charlotte no i don't think so either um i don't think mona did it even though we haven't seen mona i think maybe mike did it it could be mona it could definitely be mona that that seems so i would i would love it if it was mona if she ended up being if she actually killed charlotte i think charlotte's alive but if she killed charlotte (laughs) and she ended up being the final boss why would she harass the liars like that though because it's mona 
because she's she's you know she's because it's great path. because it's great because it's fun for her to be evil <laughs> because she's evil you know <laughs> I I would love to see evil conniving Mona in the game right now I think that would be very interesting uh, okay I don't know I I kind of I'm I want I want Mona to be back and I want Mona to be on the show again and I would like to see her in some episodes again but I don't want her to be the villain. Mm. I mean, let's not forget that she straight up killed an innocent person and yeah. never got any ramifications for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, that person wasn't innocent. Well, she thought she was killing Allie. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, in in the moral code of the, of the liars verse, she had it coming. Right. Right. That's true. Bethany Young was evil. So it's she all was evil. So she it's just... all it's all good. That was an awkward uh moral computation for the show to make well maybe oh okay listen to this maybe what if toby is the red devil and toby is the new a because uh toby thinks that charlotte had something to do with his mom's murder very that could be that could very much be because remember like toby's mom was murdered and there's really like no consequences for that at all besides the fact that 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 Bethany Young was killed. Right. Her her death had nothing to do with the fact that she murdered somebody. Right. It's true. And we don't really see Toby getting to soak that information in either. It's right. something that kind of gets glossed over. He spends, he was so obsessive about f- figuring out the stuff with his mom for a really long time. And then he just kind of stopped doing it. Yeah. And we discovered who did it, but there was no ramifications for that. There was just the knowledge that we know who did it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was like, you know, had the 6A finale been two hours, that's one of those scenes that would have been in it. You know, the catharsis of Toby finding out about his mom. Right. Maybe it's Jenna. Yeah, we haven't seen Jenna Maybe yet. Maybe it's Jenna. Who knows, man? Right, let's, let's, let's... It could, that would really take us back to season one, which would be uh, a nice move. We could, do a, we could do a new A power rankings. I think we have three, well... Two, I think there's two two good possibilities, Jason and Jenna. Those are good ones. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold this week. I think I need to see a little bit more. I think Ezra and Mister Arya uh, are clearly the red herrings. I think we we know that going in. Uh, but I'm gonna wait and see what else the show throws out. Which I'm I'm very excited. I think it's running on all cylinders right now. I'm I'm really interested. To I think that yeah keep, to keep going. I think that we're gonna find that the that the murder of Charlotte is gonna parallel the the fake murder and real murder of Bethany Young. In that all of these things that we think happened that point to someone being the culprit are just coincidental things that all happened at sort of in the same time period. Right. Like, you know, like uh, Arya's dad was there the night that Allie was murdered. He was talking to Allie about the fact that she was blackmailing him for the affair that he was having with his student. And that was almost right around the time when uh, Bethany Young was going to uh, kill uh, Allie, I think. Or something. Whatever Beth Who can was doing remember? At the time, I don't remember. And then it all it just, just all sort of like happened around the same time. And I think this is what's going to happen. I think that it's a perfect storm. I think that Ezra uh, and Chad Lowe were talking. They've probably been in contact for a long time. Chad Lowe um, or Ezra was with Arya, saw 
Charlotte go into the church for some reason, whoever called them there. Maybe, maybe Chad Lowe got Charlotte there. That seems super unlikely to me, though. Like, this grown man is going to, like, text some girl at at, <coughs> at four in the morning and be like, meet me at the church. You know? Like, I, it, maybe? I, don't, I, mean, I don't see how the story gets us to there. I but think he that, had yeah. to be there. And, there but had I to think, be some yeah, reason either, to be there. Either Chad Lowe was going there or Ezra called Chad Lowe and was like, hey, Charlotte's here right now. Right. Like, we could do this. Let's go we, murder this we lady. We could do this if we wanted to. Right. You know? They yeah, didn't. I I think this show needs to connect some more dots for us on that one because right now I don't I don't see it happening. You don't want to just make some wild guesses. This is like the good old days, Dave. <laughs> this is like back no. we're like back in episode five of Pretty Little Girl. No, I'm you know I'm enjoying where the show is taking. I think it's the sign of a good. It's a sign of me as a satisfied viewer at this point in my life that I just want the show to keep being interesting and take me where it's going to go. Uh, I think. You know, I think we've gone through all the characters we can think of. And one thing is, the new A did did respond to that text and say, yeah, you know who I am. You know, I'm not some new rando person. Uh-huh. Which is, I think, a crucial thing for the show because you have to have it be someone familiar. Otherwise, it loses all the catharsis. Which is why... It's Paige. Well, she hasn't shown up. <laughs> she hasn't shown up yet either. But that's why, like, Charlotte on paper, you know was such a great twist because it was this character and she was given this deeper backstory Mm -hmm. versus just being this like random friend of Allie's. Uh, Of course, the problem is that that has consequences to, you know, the community that this character is being represented from and and so on. Uh, But just solely as a plot twist removed from those equality issues and so on, you know, it's a, it was a very clever way of solving the catharsis factor in the story. Yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 very happy to enjoy. And you know, send us your theories people out there. Who is the person dressing up like a postal worker slash weird random Radley employee? You know who Radley it looks janitor. Like? <clears throat> you remember those uh you remember those Six Flags commercials with the old man who yeah. With the old man who uh is basically has like pops up out of nowhere and gets all the kids to go ride the roller coasters at Six Flags. You remember I, what I'm talking about? I don't about? remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe and you. And it's basically like this like young per, young actor or dancer who's dressing up as an old man, and it's just really super creepy looking. I was reminded of uh, Dave from Wendy's, found, <laughs> found, founder, of, founder of Wendy's. Dave, founder of Wendy's. Uh, possible father or uncle of Wendy. Yes. I guess the other... Okay just to get through the minutia as it pops back into my brain. The one other thing the liars figure out, there's so much detail in this episode in the photo of the golf club. It's mm-hmm. the carpet at Radley. Yeah. So the call is coming from inside the house, which links us potentially to Sarah Harvey guest of Radley yeah. or got anybody who could come in and out of the hotel. I mean, we see, we see Chad Lowe, uh, Look like he's obviously like maybe staying the night. Yeah, just sneaking right in. Yeah, walking in with a little overnight bag. Yeah. I mean, it could be anybody. Yeah. Also, it's like, I mean, the liars are pretty quick to believe that the, that the murder weapon is a nine iron. I mean. Right. Oh, it's, they it's just pr- take it for granted. It's like, oh, I guess it is. Here's a here's a random picture of a nine iron. Right. Let's go, let's, let's go on this wild goose chase that A is sending us on. It's like. 
okay, you need to step back and realize, but it's good for them not to be completely, uh, aware, you know, <laughs> I mean, if they were like, if they're a step ahead, if they were smarter than a, it makes the show less interesting. Yeah. So it's true. good. It's good for them. I think it is good for them to have some degree of gullibility, which we definitely saw in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't have them be too, too smart, too realistic. They still got to be led around. There's still got to be some twists and turns and, and plottings. Oh, yeah. We got still, we got a whole half season to go. I know. What do we get? Ten episodes? What is, are we? Oh, we need to, I need to look it up because I actually am not clear on how many there are. But we still have a bunch. New guys and new lies, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is it is it time for fake sponsors? It's time. All uh, right. I had a today. Today I was drinking a Brew Doctor kombucha, uh, which is a Portland kombucha company. It's or it's based out of a, a Townsend's Tea here in Portland, and there was a wonderful sale at New Seasons, so I bought a bunch of them yesterday. New Seasons, which is also a local grocery store. Yeah, uh, it's sort of like the Whole Foods of Portland. Um, yeah, better than Whole Foods. Um, it's, 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 but it's similar. They have a lot of very good, um, products that you can't really find anywhere else. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's higher quality and that's what you get. Um, so, uh, shout out to new seasons, shout out to the kombucha that Dave was drinking. You're, you're drinking a beer tonight. I'm drinking a beer. It's called, uh, it's the Pike IPA. Um, it's from Pike's Brewing, which is a, uh, but as you might be able to guess from the name is a seattle brewery okay uh it's not bad i picked it up on the way over i got a sort of a, a grab bag of of beers from belmont station another plug for for belmont station oh the best uh bottle shop i need to go over there i need i was just reading on one of the uh portland beer blogs uh that lindemans which is a belgian uh sour brewer mm. they make uh fruit beers generally uh lambics and so on uh which are not considered serious they're they they i don't know if they use fruit syrups or not but they're very sweet you know uh but they do make this great uh cuvee rene goose which is a, a lot better and more uh i guess sophisticated than their usual standard issue fruit beers which are pretty easy to find and so they're putting out a cuvee rene Creek, which is like the sour Ooh, cherry yeah. uh, lambic, I guess, not a goose. Uh, and that's supposed to be out this week or next week or something. So I was going to – I got to swing by Belmont and check check and see if they have it. I got a grapefruit sculpin, um, uh, and the guy who was checking me out said that uh, – I don't know, I don't remember what the brewery is. That, who, Ballast Point. Ballast Point, yes. Uh, they just put out a pineapple sculpin, which I'm not a big fan of the fruit of pineapple. Um, because, uh, and I don't think that I would like that beer, but it's intriguing because the one thing that Ballast Point does when they do their, their fruit beers. And in the case of this, I think it's the sculpin is an, is an IPA, but, um, uh, that grapefruit sculpin, they go, they go all the way. It tastes like grapefruit. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a great beer. Yeah, it is a good beer. I, you know, I had it on tap first, and I think that spoiled me on it because the tap was just a lot more flavorful than what you get in the bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just at uh, uh, Cascade uh, on Sunday, 
and I forgot how how good their beers are. Man, I haven't been there. Yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. I kind of take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, it's we we live in a good beer town, and you can buy bottles of Cascade, but they're quite expensive. Um, they're a for the listeners at home. They're a sour. They're a company. They, I mean, they they brew like traditional beers like IPAs and pilsners and stuff, but they're mostly known for their barrel aged sour beers, um, which are quite delicious. Yeah, excellent uh, stuff. So uh, we just fake plugged everything under the sun. Um, if any of the our fake plugged brands would like to get a hold of us, um, yes, yes, we're here. We will uh, definitely shill your product for a small fee, or I don't know, free beer. Yeah, yeah, we would definitely shill your product for free beer. Yeah, we would. We would probably <laughs> do that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as always. At PLGM Podcast. Uh, if you are enjoying this season of Pretty Little Grown Men, you can give us a nice little iTunes rating, and that helps us climb the charts and reach new people, which we're always trying to do. Yeah, you know that last last episode, I essentially started begging people to give us a star rating, <laughs> and you know what? It worked. Did it really? We got a new star rating. Oh, okay. Well, if we could just get one every episode, I'm sure we'll we'll get right up there. Yeah. So you know, like we we really we monitor that and we really appreciate it. And I we wish do. I remembered the name of the person who wrote us a little review. It was very nice. Um, and I think that that person would enjoy this episode because they talked prominently about how we are adults who have an adult perspective and how they agree that that Ezra is gross. So gross. Yeah. Which, uh, unfortunately, I think is probably not gone forever. No, I think that's definitely a door that remains ajar. <laughs> I think I think something will come of that. There's a, but, there's a foul stench coming from that room. Oh, man. But, you know, I really, I, I really liked it last week when we saw Ezra just lose his temper and go back to being an unhinged the unhinged person that we always knew he was uh so that's very satisfying to me to see that coming back yeah but 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 ezra this is me we're talking about <laughs> Ezra's like i don't give a fuck yeah. get out of my apartment well you know it's the sequel everything's <coughs> everything's changed um so uh yeah uh so yes please rate us on itunes and give us some stars and show us some love and we'll show you some love back. Maybe we'll shout if we remember next time. We'll yeah, we'll we will actually look up some look up people's names and mention <laughs> them on the podcast, which would be fun. <laughs> well, uh, until next time, uh, A uses iPhone emojis, bitches. <laughs> Don't cut, cut my secret.